0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy.
1: It is the Chicago Verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, Welcome to Chicago
0: Okay, Dynasty Podcasts Live from Dynasty headquarters in Pelson, And we are here with Tasha First time on the podcast Thank you so much for coming up tonight I appreciate it
1: Thank you so much for having me
0: Absolutely So my producer Natalie suggested She's like, listen, Tasha's killing it Like she's doing awesome things Her name is everywhere She's on the come up We've got to get her on the podcast Or I quit Those are her exact
1: words Um, That's very sweet Shout out to Natalie Yeah, so
0: I know you have a lot going on, and I want to get you know, of course, all sorts of information about how you got started, and mm-hmm. how, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you just played a show last night, right?
1: I did. Yeah. How
0: was that? Let's talk about that because that's fresh in the mind.
1: Yeah, it was really fabulous. Actually, it was for uh, the Hooligan Magazine Four Year mm-hmm. Art Collective Celebration, um, and they're a local DIY mag that does music and art um, yeah. coverage and um, yeah, they hit, hit me up to be a part of their celebration at Rec Corp, the DIY spot in Bridgeport and it was really, really fun um, there was some, there were people tabling with zines and art and merch and all of the performances that I got to see were, were great and that kind of space is great to perform in because folks there are really interested in supporting artists and supporting local people and they were so receptive and in tune the whole performance I had so it was really enjoyable.
0: Those DIY DIY communities and, you know, Bridgeport is full of that kind of thing. It's like those are really fun environments to be in, mm-hmm. especially when all the vibes are kind
1: mm-hmm. of hitting the right notes. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, that's how I got started performing in Chicago. My first shows were, you know, at the in the basement of the dojo. Um, okay, and that's, yeah, shut up
0: the Dojo in Pilsen. Yeah, yeah, so that's
1: kind of, uh, I think it's a really beautiful way to build that community when you're starting out.
0: So you have, you know, I was... I mean, I always do my research on who I'm talking to, and mm-hmm. I, like, I looked at your Twitter. And the, the pinned tweet is just you listing all the places you played just this year, and it's notable. It's like the Apple Store, the Metro. So I want to ask about that, but I'm just curious. Like, when, you you know, you've done now, it looks like a lot of different kind of places. So yeah. <laughs> is there a certain, you know, do you prefer playing someplace that is like a DIY kind of like indie place that everybody has zines out and stuff like that over playing someplace that's a little bit more structured like the Metro? or
1: I... I don't totally have a preference, though. I will say a place like the Apple Store, for example, it's a very intentionally, I think, sterile, and it's a, it's a sure, store. Sure, that's their, it's, that's their you know it's yes. A, exactly, um, and so... I am inevitably going to have to change the way that I hold space um, for my show uh, in that kind of room versus a place like for the hooligan party last night. Right. Um, or even sometimes Metro. I mean, the shows I've done at Metro so far have been lineups full of other really beautiful, amazing artists um, that embody the same kind of thing that I do. And so that space is being created and is being set by the crowd. But, yeah, so it, it, it I prefer... Uh, I guess a setting where all of the warmth isn't only coming from me. Sure, um, sure. If that well, makes sense. Yeah, I
0: think you nailed that The Apple Store. I mean, that's an am- that's an amazing kind of gig, but it's also yes, very clinical,
1: right? You know, by <laughs>
0: by design. That's their whole aesthetic. Exactly. Versus, like, yeah, DIY space. Exactly. Um, but that's awesome. So, a yeah. congratulations on having a killer year already in. Thank you. Only two months in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been wild.
0: <laughs> everybody in December is like. Next year, man. Next year's my year. Next year's my year. And then, like, you see people's statuses, and they're like, in March, like, well, next year's my year. But, like, it looks like you're really going full speed ahead in 2018 already.
1: Yeah. I really love playing shows. Uh, It does get exhausting, but I believe that building the base here in Chicago is the most uh, crucial way to, of course um establish myself as an artist. I mean, this is my home. This is my hometown. So uh, it's it's special to find more and more folks in different parts of the city who um, might resonate with my music or who might know me, because um, it really makes me feel like, uh, like Chicago is is my city, you know, um, and then it makes me feel more comfortable with traveling to other places potentially to do to do shows. So, well,
0: and it's yeah. it's just it's such a good time to be in Chicago.
1: Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really
0: is. Like, and I know that you're really connecting with a lot of the different art communities, a lot of different artists, a lot of different movements here. Like, I guess talk about some of the connections that you have in mm-hmm. Chicago. Some of the organizations you're involved with, some of the other artists you're connecting with. Like, talk about the the kind of foundation you're building for yourself here.
1: Yeah. I Well, I, I guess the whole uh, way that I started performing was when I was in high school with mm-hmm. um, young Chicago authors and participating in Louder Than a Bomb, which I'm working the festival this year, actually. Yeah. I'm back with the organization. Um, but a lot of the folks who I met when I was 15 um, are are still making music, are still in Chicago and I went out of town for school, but then coming back I kind of got to step right back into that. Um, so that made a big difference. And honestly, a huge part of building community in my return after school was the organizing and, and activism scene in Chicago. Um, and that built so many connections for me um, outside completely like outside of the like artist and creative and um, performance spaces, which I really appreciate and is a big foundation for just me as a person too. Was
0: there ever any doubt when you went away for school That you may or may not come back to Chicago Or was that always the plan You're like look stuff is brewing in Chicago I want to be part of that
1: um, well, I was always going to come back because I love it here, but I wasn't even planning to make music. I didn't make music until after I came back home. Because
0: um, it I, was poetry first, right? Like that was kind of your initial... Yeah,
1: yeah. And then in in college, I did mostly dance, actually. I studied modern dance and theater. And so that was... I wasn't even doing music. I honestly felt really insecure about like my musical abilities. And so just stayed away from it because um, it seemed like something I could not do. And then... Eventually, I was like, oh, wait, Tasha, you're good. Just do it.
0: <laughs> the music was inside of you all along. Yeah. yeah um, it's always interesting because I've heard this from other, other creative people who have been on this podcast, other musicians and stuff, where they talk about like they felt totally comfortable doing this kind of creative thing and this kind of creative thing. But then when it came to like the thing everyone knows them for, they're like, oh, I was so scared to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Do you feel a lot more comfortable with music now, or is it still kind of a scary thing when you're getting on stage?
1: Um, I feel super comfortable. I love being on a stage, honestly. Um, but there's still in music, um, like music, even in Chicago, but obviously in the whole world, it's still a very male-dominated um, boys' club type sure. of scene. And so being a woman-identified musician, um, like singer-songwriter, but also like like musician, I play guitar as well. Um in every space I go into, it's you know, especially for shows, it's um, man sound engineer and man stagehands, and um, that's definitely that definitely changes the energy um, and studio spaces too. Like I've been in so many studios where every single person in there is a dude, um, and so that causes me to you know shift my shift my perspective of what kind of spaces I actually want to be in and what um, what kind of shows I actually want to do. So I think. I feel pretty confident. I mean, I'm always learning and I'm growing and I'm getting better, but um, yeah, that's something that I'm always battling too is like, well, is this insecurity coming from me or is it coming from the spaces that I'm in? Because um, it's really hard to to have people take you seriously as a woman in the music world.
0: I mean, I, I have definitely 100% heard that. I've heard, um, you know, a lot of, you know, women I've spoken to, like, especially if they're like, in their 20s coming out of college, mm-hmm. or like, you know, people who've worked on this podcast or former students of mine, and they'll talk about like being in some kind of, you know, venue position or being mm-hmm. an artist themselves or being a manager. And there's that kind of expectation, whether somebody verbally says it or it's just implied, they can tell that's in the air, where it's like, oh, you're so whose girlfriend are you? Mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, are you here, exactly. you know, with one of the guys in the band?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. yeah, I can imagine that would be very um, frustrating
1: mm-hmm. and challenging. But yeah, You're like, think, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it absolutely is. Like constantly having to prove yourself and uh, prove your worthiness for being in that space. Um, but I mean, that's, I think I'm lucky enough now, though, to be able to choose then, like what kind of shows and what kind of spaces I want to be in. So I don't have to say yes to every show. Like on sure. uh, next, this coming week, I'm doing um, a show at Tonic Room um, and it's called Pride Night. And so I get to be on a bill with all. Queer trans people of color um, that's put on by women and queer women and so that's like that's the, that's the kind of space I want to be in and that's like the up, that's uplifting me and my people you know um, and so I feel grateful to be able to have a little bit more um, choice in that
0: yeah well, and that was gonna be one of the things I wanted to ask about is like do you feel like because I, I feel like that is and I'm not saying that we're obviously where we need to be, but I feel like there is more of those kind of communities where it's not just dominated by like you know Like, uh, like older, straight white males, you know what I mean? Like, shout out me. But like, you know, it's not just dominated by people like that. You know, it feels like there's more and more of those communities that are popping up that hopefully are providing opportunities for, you know, other voices to be able to express themselves.
1: Right. And I think it's, yeah, it's about providing opportunities. And it's also about taking power, you know, it's like, sure, those communities are popping up. But let's make sure those are the communities and that are like, rising to the top. And so uh, it's not just like, oh, well, like, we have all these communities of people of color and women, but they're not the ones who are dominant. And they're not the ones who are in charge. And who, you know, so it's like, let's, let's have those communities exist. And let's also make sure that they're the ones Taking power away from all the old white men.
0: <laughs> well, and, and so okay, so let's ask this like for anybody listening, like how can anyone in quote unquote the scene and the music community and the venue space in any of these in any of these places, like how can they be better allies, how can they be supportive? What would you want to tell them if you could tell them something?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot about the way you can take the things that you believe in and put it into action in your everyday Uh, interactions and the choices that you make so you know it's not about like writing op-eds or going to protests always or being in like community meetings but it's like okay if I'm if I work at a venue and I'm booking a show how many of the shows that I've booked in the last month have been shows of all men or shows of all white people Mm -hmm. um, or shows of all um, cis straight people you know so how can I actually do more work to look out for those people who maybe aren't in the normal conversations right who aren't uh who aren't being talked about as much and let me make let me book a show with them um or maybe and it's like or if you're an artist and it's like who are the artists that I'm who are the artists I'm working with who are the right. musicians I'm working with um, and it's that's not that hard actually um, Well,
0: especially now now with the internet where it's like <laughs> right. I've, I've been doing this for 20 years so I'm old enough to remember when like you had to do a lot of research to find out who was doing stuff in, in music and culture. Mm-hmm. It wasn't impossible, but you had to go out to places, you had to read zines, you had to read The Reader, you had to read exactly. you know, New City and stuff like that. I mean, it's a lot like it is now, but you ha- there was no internet. You had to really, mm-hmm. like, print version of things, and you couldn't just Google, like, who was a upcoming queer person of color? Like, yeah. there was yeah. no version yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have the resources where if you're like, how do I round out a bill with people that would be more diverse... You can mm-hmm. Look that up.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which exactly, is great. exactly. So. And then you know, and that's um, and then people start to see that you know, and and that's gonna for artists who where, like me or so many of the people that I know um, where that's in our minds. Then it's like, oh well, these are the people I want to build community with, and then it starts. To, that's when it feels more and more like a family because a lot of people talk about like the Chicago music family, but it might only feel like a family to a very small amount of people. Sure. And a lot of folks might still feel excluded from that, you know.
0: So if, okay, so let's say, like, kind of the opposite, like, instead of just speaking to the, like, you know, the sound guy at this venue who doesn't (laughs) recognize people, like, you know, if somebody is, like, 11 years, I mean, I don't know if there's any 11-year-olds listening to this podcast, (laughs) but, you know, someone's 11, someone's 14, someone's 17, like, hey, I feel left out, too. Like, how can I, how could they become somebody, like, part of some of these communities you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Or even make their own.
1: Right, exactly. I think, I mean, making your own is so, that's a major key. Um, I think being really dedicated to your art, you know, knowing what it is you want to do and what story it is you want to tell, um, because people aren't going to listen to you just because, um, no. just because you say hi. Listen to me, like I have something. But it'd be um, great if it worked like right, that, right? <laughs> you know. And so I think being really intentional and in thinking about, okay, what is the art that I have to provide, and people will pay attention to that. You know, I think trusting in um, in folks being in tune with interesting stories and interesting art, um, and then and then being willing to like be brave and ask for help and um, ask for connections and talk to new people. Because I was just thinking. When I first came back here, I was out all the time. I was like going to shows constantly yeah. and um, just just out in the world. And I really don't go out at all. I stay at home all the time. But I but that was so foundational for me. And, and like, you got
0: to get out of your comfort zone. Exactly, it's scary.
1: exactly, exactly. And then once I started actually making music um, and putting my art into the world, then people people wanted to pay attention to it because they had that that personal connection and there and and kind of knew who I was. And I kind of let could let my art speak for itself. Then at that point.
0: Well, that's best case. Right. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Now, one example of your art that I think speaks really well for itself is the lullaby video. Mm. And that to me is the visuals are very heartwarming. The lyrics are simultaneously heartwarming and a little bit heartbreaking, too. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in there. Talk about that, the message, the, the art, the kind of like feel of that video, how that concept came together, because it's really, I think, very special.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I when I was thinking about the visuals for it, I immediately thought of the two girls who were in the video. I babysit for them pretty regularly. Oh, so um, like
0: those are like your... They're like, yeah, yeah.
1: they're my girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I brought the uh, the project up to their mom, um, she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's adorable. Yeah, so I knew almost right away that I wanted them to be in it. I mean... People always do go to. It is a heartwarming video, um, but and the song is too. But I, I don't want that to be the only uh, word or or feeling that's associated with it. No, right? there's definitely
0: a lot going on.
1: Exactly, yeah. And I, um, and because it's a lullaby and it's you know it is soft and it is uh, pretty or <laughs> whatever. But it's yeah. it didn't come from a soft place. You know, it didn't. It came from um, a very uh, a hurt place but but a place of like a lot of strength right and um and I think it's important for people to know, like, for a black girl or a black woman to say, like, no to something, or to be able to say, um, "I'm choosing to rest in this moment, and um, I'm choosing to say yes to myself and not to anybody else." Like, you don't have that's to fight every fight. That's a really hard thing to say. Um, right. That's a, that's like a very radical thing to say because we're not given space to do that ever. Um, and so I think, like, recognizing, like, it's heartwarming, but it's also really tough. Like, it's a really tough song, I think.
0: Uh, no, I think it absolutely is. Like. If you weren't listening to the lyrics, you might be like, "Oh, it's a very soft ballad, but it is right. like there's there's a lot of edge in and like I said, like there's just a lot of conflicting things going on and when you're watching the visuals uh the the moment that rang so true to me is like when the older. Girl who's like kind of grade school age gets Mm -hmm. home, and her little sister comes and runs up and hugs her. Uh And the older girl's just like, get off of me. Right. That's such a true, especially knowing now that they're actually siblings, that's such a true sibling moment.
1: Yeah. Where the little
0: one's like, you're my whole world. I look up to Mm -hmm. you. And it's it's so cute Mm -hmm. and also like sad and also heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: they're definitely like that in real life.
0: (laughs) So, you know, is that something that you see yourself doing more of, like kind of concepting videos that way where like you're really producing the message and the visual Mm -hmm. and the tone of it?
1: Um, potentially. I haven't, I've hardly even thought about more videos, to be honest. Um, yeah. but I am very excited by the idea of, because I had friends who helped direct and, uh, and shoot the video. I'm really excited about the idea of doing my own direction or art direction, um, for a video, um, and kind of conceptualizing it, um, from beginning to end. because uh, I think, I don't know, I think it's something I'd like to try and, and, uh, yeah, and explore.
0: And why not try it? Like <laughs> that's the beauty of the age we're in right now. It's like everybody has access to even if it's just on your phone. Everyone has access to a camera. Everyone right. has like some version of editing software on most laptops. It's right. like you can just try things mm-hmm. just to try it. Mm-hmm. So something else I saw is that you're working on the follow up to your Divine Love EP, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk about like where you are in that process. What's in the works?
1: I it's. Uh... It's in, it's in the works, yeah. So okay. our, I've been... Work- not
0: pressuring you, no, not being no, like, where is
1: it? <laughs> I've been um, doing a lot of uh, other kind of work, um, mm-hmm. like working with young Chicago authors. And sure. um, so I haven't been spending as much time at this very moment, like writing and recording, but um, I have, the ideas are there and the plan is to have it come out um, via father Daughter Records in the end of the summer or the, the fall. All
0: right. Yeah. That's not that, I mean, that's, that's close. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's interesting. I've had so many artists, especially, like, artists in their 20s who, like, you know, I don't want to say, like, are at, like, the beginning of their journey or make it sound dismissive, but, like, artists who are, like, maybe in the earlier stage, like, in mm-hmm, the, you know, mm-hmm. the beginning era of their work and who, are, you know, I'll ask some variation of the question, like, how did you get your start? And Young <laughs> Chicago Authors comes up so... Often it's such an incubation, just like the way you hear Chance talk about, like, you know, UMedia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such an incubator for so much young talent. And Mm -hmm. now that you're involved with a lot of these organizations, like, how are you interacting with younger talent that is at the very beginning of what they're doing?
1: Mm, It's I'm very inspired by them. I mean, for one, I think about the poems I was writing when I was 15, and they were so awful. But there was, (laughs) I mean, there was something that I was in tune with then that I think is, is the same as what I'm doing now but i think it's that same that same idea right of of making folks feel as like they can be as unapologetic as they want to be in whatever space that they're in. Um, because that is uh that's that's powerful and um, and that's where beauty really shines, I think, in art is when you can tell an artist is so is so brave and unapologetic in whatever it is that they're embodying. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's the beauty of being fifteen. Right. <laughs> Some yourself's gonna be terrible and that's okay. Right. It's hundred yeah. percent okay. It's a little more embarrassing when you're reading bad poetry at like you know, if I was, like, staring poetry at 35, people would be like, ooh. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that gif of Jonah Hill where he's in the audience and he's like, God,
1: God, God. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: it would it'd be that. But when you're 15, it's like, you can just try out anything.
1: Right, yeah. right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, What else is on deck for you? Like, you're doing the work with these organizations. You're working on new music. Like, yeah. I want to make sure we're not missing anything.
1: I mean, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of just thinking about the new music that's coming, yeah. and I'm doing so many shows right now. Um, it seems
0: like it. Like, are you <laughs> setting these all up yourself? Do you have like anyone helping you, or? Um,
1: I mean, yeah, the emails come in, and I'm just, and I try to fit them into my schedule. I love it, though. That's um, killer, though. Yeah. So I'll take a little bit of break, a uh, bit of a break from shows, and and work on the on the. Project, and then probably come summer, I'll reemerge um, ready to shine.
0: <laughs> it's just killer, though, and, and I'm so glad that Natalie connected us, and I'm so glad that you took the time to be up here. I appreciate it so much mm-hmm. because you've got so much going on, and you're, you know, for the for the 20 minutes I've known you, you strike <laughs> me as somebody who's not waiting for opportunity, who's not waiting around for people to just hand you things, mm-hmm. like and be like, hey, now you can do this. Like you're going out and making shit happen yourself. And, like, doing things your own way and, and building your own community of it. And I just think all that is so awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. I would love to have you up on this podcast again as new things are developing, mm-hmm. as the new music's coming out. Like, I would love to continue this conversation because you clearly have a lot of cool stuff going on.
1: Yeah, well, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Please do. Uh,
0: Tasha, I love it. And how can people find your music? Where can people follow you?
1: Um, I can be followed everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, etc. at... Wow, Tasha, wow. Wow, um, Tasha, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: that's a great title, by the
1: way. It's, uh, it's catchy, right? Um, it is catchy. Yeah, and then um, that's like my website too, and then I, my music's on Spotify, iTunes, all, all, the, You're little, all, over all it. the little places, yeah.
0: You're in charge. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Tasha, this is killer. Let's continue the conversation as you have new, new stuff going on. Thank you for coming up tonight. Thank you. Awesome.
1: You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.